Part One of Iphigenia in Taurus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Iphigenia in Taurus by Euripides, translated by Theodore Buckley. Dramatis Personae. Iphigenia, read by Elizabeth Clatt. Orestes, read by Asher Gravi. Pylades, read by Rob Board. Herdsman, read by Geoffrey Church. Thoas, read by Alan Mapstone. Chorus of Grecian Captive Women, read by Christine G. Messenger, read by Beth Thomas. Minerva, read by Lydia. Narrated by Avai. Part one. Enter Iphigenia. Pelops, the son of Tantalus, setting out to Pisa with his swift steeds, weds the daughter of Enemaeus, from whom sprang Atreus, and from Atreus his sons, Menelaus and Agamemnon, from which latter I was born, Iphigenia, child of Clytemnestra, daughter of Tyndarus, whom my father, as he imagined, sacrificed to diana on account of helen near the eddies which euripus continually whirls to and fro upturning the dark blue sea with frequent blasts in the famed recesses of aulis for here indeed king agamemnon drew together a grecian armament of a thousand ships desiring that the greeks might take the glorious prize of victory over troy and avenge the outraged nuptials of Helen, for the gratification of Menelaus. But, there being great difficulty of sailing and meeting with no winds, he came to the consideration of the omens of burnt sacrifices, and Calchas speaks thus. O thou who rulest over this Grecian expedition, Agamemnon, thou wilt not lead forth thy ships from the ports of this land, before Diana shall receive thy daughter Iphigenia as a victim. For thou didst vow to sacrifice to the light-bearing goddess whatsoever the year should bring forth most beautiful. Now your wife Clytemnestra has brought forth a daughter in your house, referring to me the title of the most beautiful, whom thou needs must sacrifice. And so, by the arts of Ulysses, they drew me from my mother under pretence of being wedded to Achilles. But I, wretched coming to Aulis, being seized and raised aloft above the pyre, would have been slain by the sword. But Diana, giving to the Greeks a stag in my stead, stole me away, and sending me through the clear ether, she settled me in this land of the Tauri, where barbarian Thoas rules the land or barbarians thoas who guiding his foot swift as the pinion has arrived at this epithet of thoas that is the swift on account of his fleetness of foot and she places me in this house as priestess since which time the goddess diana is wont to be pleased with such rites as these the name of which alone is fair but for the rest i am silent fearing the goddess for i sacrifice even as before was the custom in the city 
whatever Grecian man comes to this land. I crop the hair indeed, but the slaying that may not be told is the care of others within these shrines. But the new visions which the past night hath brought with it I will tell to the sky, if indeed this be any remedy. I seemed in my sleep, removed from this land, to be dwelling in Argos, and to slumber in my virgin chamber. But the surface of the earth appeared to be shaken with a movement, and I fled, and standing without beheld the coping of the house give way, and all the roof falling stricken to the ground from the high supports. And one pillar alone, as it seemed to me, was left of my ancestral house, and from its capital it seemed to stream down yellow locks, and to receive a human voice. And I, cherishing this man-slaying office which I hold, weeping, began to besprinkle it, as though about to be slain. But I thus interpret my dream. Orestes is dead, whose rites I was beginning. For male children are the pillars of the house, and those whom my lustral waters sprinkle die. Nor yet can I connect the dream with my friends, for Strophius had no son when I was to have died. Now, therefore, I, being present, will to my absent brother offer the rites of the dead, for this I can do, in company with the attendants whom the king gave to me, Grecian women. But from some cause they are not yet present. I will go within the home wherein I dwell, these shrines of the goddess. Enter Orestes and Pylades. Look out! Watch, lest there be any mortal in the way. I am looking out, and keeping watch, turning my eyes everywhere. Pylades, does it seem to you that this is the temple of the goddess, whither we have directed our ship through the seas from Argos? It does, Orestes, and must seem the same to thee. And the altar where Grecian blood is shed? At least it has its pinnacles tawny with blood. And under the pinnacles themselves, do you behold the spoils? The spoils, forsooth, of slain strangers. But it behooves one, turning one's eye around to keep a careful watch. O oh, Phobus, wherefore hast thou again led me into the snare by your prophecies, when I had avenged the blood of my father by slaying my mother? But by successive attacks of the Furies I was driven in exile and outcast from the land, and fulfilled many diverse bending courses. But coming to thy oracle, I required of thee how I might arrive at an end of the madness that drove me on and of my toils, which I had labored through wandering over Greece. Thou didst answer that I must come to the confines of the Tark territory, where thy sister Diana possesses altars, must take the image of the goddess, which they hear say fell from heaven into these shrines, and that taking it either by stratagem or by some stroke of fortune, having gone through the risk I should give it to the land of the Athenians, but no further directions were given, and that having done this, I should have a respite from my toils. But I am come hither, persuaded by thy words to an unknown and inhospitable land, I ask you then, Pylades, for you are a sharer with me in this toil, what shall we do? For thou beholdest the lofty battlements of the walls, 
Shall we proceed to the scaling of the walls? How then should we escape notice if we did so? Or shall we open the brass wrought fastenings of the bolts, which no things we know nothing? But if we are caught opening the gates and contriving an entrance, we shall die. But before we die, let us flee to the temple, whither we lately sailed. To fly is unendurable, nor are we accustomed to do so, and we must not make light of the oracle of the god, but quitting the temple, let us hide our bodies in the caves which the dark sea splashes with its waters, far away from the city, lest any one beholding the bark inform the rulers, and we be straightway seized by force. But when the eye of dim night shall come, we must venture, bring all devices to bear, to seize the sculptured image from the temple. But observe the eaves of the roof, where there is an empty space between the triglyphs in which you may let yourself down, for good men dare encounter toils, but the cowardly are of no account anywhere. We have not indeed come a long distance with our oars, so as to return again from the goal. But one must follow your advice, for you speak well. We must go whithersoever in this land, can conceal our bodies, and lie hid. For the will of the god will not be the cause of his oracle falling useless. We must venture, for no toil has an excuse for young men. Orestes and Pylades retire aside. Keep silence, O ye that inhabit the twain rocks of the Euxin that face each other. O Dictina, mountain daughter of Latona, to thy court, the gold-decked pinnacles of temples with fine columns. I, servant to the hallowed guardian of the key, conduct my pious virgin foot, changing, for my present habitation, the towers and walls of Greece with its noble steeds, and Europe with its fields abounding in trees, the dwelling of my ancestral home. I am come. What new matter? What anxious care hast thou? Wherefore hast thou led me, led me to the shrines, O daughter of him who came to the walls of Troy, with a glorious fleet, with thousands sail, ten thousand spares of the renowned Atreides? O attendants mine, in what moans of bitter lamentation do I dwell? In the songs of a songless strain, unfit for the lyre, alas, alas! in funeral griefs for the ills which befall me, bemoaning my brother. What a vision have I seen in the night whose darkness has passed away! I am undone, undone! No more is my father's house. Ah, me! No more is our race. Alas, alas, for the toils in Argos! Alas, thou deity, who hast now robbed me of my only brother, sending him to Hades, to whom I am about to pour forth on the earth's surface these libations and this bowl for the departed, and streams from the mountain heifer, and the wine-draughts of Bacchus, and the work of the swarthy bees, which are the wonted peace-offerings to the departed. O germ of Agamemnon beneath the earth! To thee, as dead, do I send these offerings, and do thou receive them, for not before thine own tomb do I offer my auburn locks, my tears, 
for far away am I journeyed from thy country and mine, where, as opinion goes, I wretched lie slaughtered. A respondent strain and an Asiatic hymn of barbarian wailing will I peal forth to thee, my mistress, the song of mourning which delighted the dead, Hades hymns in measure apart from paeans. Alas, the light of the sceptre in the Atreides house is faded away. Alas, alas for my ancestral home, and what government of prosperous kings will there be in Argos? And labour upon labour comes on, with his winged mares driven around. But the sun, changing from its proper place, laid aside its eye of light, and upon other houses woo has come, because of the golden lamb, murder upon murder, and pang upon pang, once the avenging fury of those sons slain of old comes upon the houses of the sons of Tantalus, and some deity hastens unkindly things against thee. From the beginning the demon of my mother's zone was hostile to me, and from that night in which the fates hastened the pangs of childbirth, whom the first-born germ, the wretched daughter of Leda, Clytemnestra, wooed from among the Greeks, brought forth, and trained up as a victim to a father's sin, a joyless sacrifice, a votive offering. But in a horse-chariot they brought me to the sands of Aulis, a bride, alas, unhappy bride, to the son of Nereus's daughter, alas! And now a stranger I dwell in an unpleasant home on the inhospitable sea, unwedded, childless, without city, without a friend, not chanting Juno in Argos, nor in the sweetly humming loom adorned with the shuttle and image of Athenian palace, and of the Titans, but imbrewing altars with the shed blood of strangers, a pest unsuited to the harp, of strangers sighing forth a piteous cry, and shedding a piteous tear. And now, indeed, forgetfulness of these matters comes upon me. But now I mourn my brother dead in Argos, whom I left yet an infant at the breast, yet young, yet a germ in his mother's arms and on her bosom. Orestes, the future holder of the sceptre in Argos. But hither comes a herdsman, leaving the sea-coast, about to tell thee some new thing. Daughter of Agamemnon and child of Clytemnestra, hear thou from me a new announcement. And what is there astonishing in the present report? Two youths are come into this land, to the dark blue Simplicides, fleeing into a ship, a grateful sacrifice and offering to Diana. But you cannot use too much haste in making ready the lustral waters and the consecrations. Of what country, of what land do the strangers bear the name? Greeks, this one thing I know, and nothing further. Hast thou not heard the name of the strangers, so as to tell it? One of them was styled Pylades by the other. But what was the name of the yoke-fellow of this stranger? No one knows this, for we heard it not. But how saw ye them, and chanced to take them? Upon the furthest breakers of an inhospitable sea. And what had herdsmen to do with the sea? We came to lave our steers in the dew of the sea. Go back again to this point. How did ye catch them? and by what means, for I would fain know this, for they are come after a long season, nor has the altar of the goddess yet been crimsoned with Grecian blood. After we woodland herdsmen had brought our cattle down to the sea that flows between the Simplicides, there is a certain hollow cave, 
broken by the frequent lashing of the waves, a retreat for those who hunt for the purple fish. Here some herdsmen among us beheld two youths, and he retired back, piloting his step on tiptoe, and said, See ye not? These who sit here are some divine powers. And one of us, being religiously given, uplifted his hand and addressed them as he beheld, O son of Leucothea, guardian of ships, Palemon our lord, be propitious to us, whether indeed ye be the twin sons of Jove, Castor and Pollux, who sit upon our shores, or the image of Nereus, who begot the noble chorus of the fifty Nereids. But another vain one, bold in his lawlessness, scoffed at these prayers, and said that they were shipwrecked seamen who sat upon the cleft through fear of the law, hearing that we here sacrifice strangers. And to most of us he seemed to speak well, and we resolved to hunt for the accustomed victims for the goddess. But meanwhile, one of the strangers leaving the rock stood still and shook his head up and down and groaned, with his very fingers quaking, wandering with ravings and shouts with a voice like that of Hunter. Pylades, dost thou behold this? Dost now behold the snake of Hades, how she would fain slay me, armed against me with horrid vipers? And she, breathing from beneath her garments fire and slaughter, rose with her wings, bearing my mother in her arms, that she may cast upon me this rocky mass. Alas, she will slay me. Whither shall I fly? And one beheld not the same form of countenance, but he uttered in turn the bellowings of calves and howls of dogs, which imitations of wild beasts they say the furies uttered. But we flinching, as though about to die, sat mute, and he drawing a sword with his hand, rushing among the calves, lion-like, strikes them on the flank with his steel, driving it into their sides, fancying that he was thus avenging himself on the fury goddesses, till that a gory foam was dashed up from the sea. Meanwhile, each one of us, as he beheld the herds being slain and ravaged, armed himself, and inflating the conch shells and assembling the inhabitants. For we thought that herdsmen were weak to fight against well-trained and youthful strangers, and a large number of us was assembled in a short time. But the stranger, released uh, from the attack of madness, drops down with his beard befouled with foam. But when we saw him fallen opportunely for us, each man did his part with stones, with blows. But the other of the strangers wiped away the foam and tended his mouth, spread over him the well-woven texture of his garments, guarding well the coming wounds, and aiding his friend with tender offices. But when the stranger returning to his senses leaped up, he perceived that a hostile tempest and present calamity was upon them, and he groaned aloud. But we ceased not hurling rocks, each standing in a different place. But then indeed we heard a dread exhortation. Pylades, we shall die, but that we die most gloriously. Follow me, drawing thy sword in hand. But when we saw the twain swords of the enemy brandished, in flight we filled the woods about the crag. But if one fled, others pressing on pelted them. And if they drove these away, again the party who had just yielded aimed at them with rocks. But it was incredible. 
for out of innumerable hands no one succeeded in hitting these victims to the goddess and we with difficulty i will not say overcome them by force but taking them into a circle beat their swords out of their hands with stones and they dropped their knees to earth overcome with toil and we brought them to this king this land and he when he beheld them sent them as quickly as possible to thee for lustral waters and sacrifice but do thou o virgin wish that such strangers may be here as victims and if thou slayest these strangers hellas will atone for thy intended murder paying the penalty of the sacrifice at olives thou hast told wondrous things concerning him who has paired whosoever he be that has come to the inhospitable sea of the grecian earth be it so do thou go and bring the strangers but i will take care respecting the matters here o hapless heart that once wast mild and full of pity toward strangers awarding the tear to those of thine own land when thou didst receive grecian men into thine hands but now because of the dreams by which i am driven wild thinking that orestes no longer beholds the sun ye will find me ill disposed whoever ye be that come for this is true i perceive it my friends for the unhappy who themselves fare ill have no good feelings toward those more fortunate but neither has any wind sent by jove ever come hither nor ship which could have brought hither helen who destroyed me and menelaus in order that i might be avenged on them placing an aulus here to the account of the one there were the sons of danaeus seized and would have slain me like as a calf and the father who begat me was the priest ah me for i cannot forget the ills of that time how oft i stretched out my hands to his beard and hanging on the knees of him who gave me life spake words like these o oh, father basely am i basely am i wedded at thine hands but my mother while thou art slaying me and her argive ladies are hymning my wedding with their nuptial songs and all the house resounds with the flute while i perish by thine hands hades in truth was achilles not the son of peleus whom thou didst name as my husband and in the chariot didst pilot me by craft unto a bloody wedding but i casting mine eye through my slender woven veil neither took up with mine hands my brother who is now dead nor joined my lips to my sisters through modesty as departing to the home of peleus and many a salutation i deferred as though about to come again to argos o wretched one if thou hast died from what glorious state orestes and from how envied a sire's fortune art thou fallen but i reproach the devices of the goddess who if any one work the death of a man or touch with hands a woman newly delivered or a corpse restrains him from her altars as deeming him impure but yet herself takes pleasure in manslaying sacrifices it cannot be that the consort of jove latona hath brought forth so much ignorance i even disbelieve the banquets of tantalus set before the gods as that they should be pleased with feeding on a boy but i deem that those in this land 
being themselves man-slayers, charge the goddess with their own baseness, for I think not that any one of the gods is bad. Ye dark blue, dark blue meetings of the sea, which low, hurried along by the bryce, once passed through to the Euxine wave, having changed the territory of Asia for Europe, who were they who left fair-water derotas, flourishing in reeds, or the sacred founts of Derse, and came, and came to the inhospitable land, where the daughter of Jove bedews her altars and columngear temples with human blood? Of a truth by the surge-dashing oars of fear, worked on both sides. They sailed in a nautical carriage over the ocean waves, striving in the emulation after loved wealth in their houses. For darling hope is in dangers insatiate among men, who bear off the weight of riches, wandering in vain speculation on the wave and over barbarian cities. But to some there is a mind immoderate after riches, to others they come unsought. How did they pass through the rocks that run together, the near-resting beaches of Phineas and the marine shore, running over the surge of Amphrodite, where the choruses of the fifty daughters of Nereus entwine in their dance, although with breezes that fill the sails, and creaking rudders resting at the poop, with the southern gales or the breezes of Sapphire, to the bird-haunted land, the white beach, the glorious race-course of Achilles, near the Euxine Sea, would that, according to my mistress's prayers, Helen, the dear daughter of Leda, might some time change to come, quitting the city of Troy, that, having been drenched about the head with the blood-strained lustral dews, she might die by my mistress's hand, playing in turn an equal penalty for her death. Most joyfully, then, would we receive this news, if any one came sailing from the Grecian land, to make the toils of my hapless slavery to cease and would that in my dreams I might tread in mine home an ancestral city, enjoying the hymns of delight, a joy shared with the prosperous. But hither they come, bound us to their hands with chains, a new sacrifice for the goddess. Be silent, my friends, for these first fruits of the Greeks approach the temples, nor has the herdsman told a false tale. O reverend goddess, if the city performs these things agreeably to thee, receive the sacrifice which— not hallowed among the Greeks, the custom of this place presents as a public offering. Be it so. I must first take care that the rights of the goddess are as they should be. Let go the hands of the strangers, that being consecrated they may no longer be in bonds. And going within the temple, make ready the things which are necessary and usual on these occasions. Alas! Who is the mother who once bore you? And who your father, and your sister, if there be any born? Of what a pair of youths deprived will she be brotherless? For all the dispensations of the gods creep into obscurity, and no one absent knows misfortune. For fortune leads astray to what is hardly known. Whence come ye, O unhappy strangers? After how long a time have ye sailed to this land, and ye will be a long time from your home, ever among the shades? Why mournest thou thus, and teest us concerning our future ills, whoever thou art, O lady? In naught do I deem him wise, who, when about to die, with bewailing seeks to overcome the fear of death. Nor him who deplores death now near at hand, when he has no hope of safety, in that he joins two ills instead of one, both incurs a change of folly, and dies none the less. 
but one must needs let fortune take its course. But mourn us not, for we know and are acquainted with the sacrificial rites of this place. Which of ye twain here is named Pylades? This I would fain know first. This man, if indeed tis any pleasure for thee to know this. Born citizen of what Grecian state? And what wouldst thou gain by knowing this, lady? Are ye brothers from one mother? In friendship we are, but we are not related, lady. But what name did the father who begot thee give to thee? In truth we might be styled the unhappy. I ask not this. Leave this to fortune. Dying nameless, I should not be mocked. Wherefore dost grudge this, and art thus proud? My body thou shalt sacrifice, not my name. Nor wilt thou tell me which is thy city? No, for thou seekest a thing of no profit, seeing I am to die. But what hinders thee from granting me this favour? I boast renowned Argos for my country. In truth, by the gods I ask thee, stranger. Art thou thence born? From Mycenae, that was once prosperous. And hast thou set out a wanderer from thy country, or by what hap? I flee in a certain unwise, unwilling, unwillingly. Wouldst thou tell me one thing that I wish? That something, forsooth, may be added to my misfortune. And truly thou hast come desired by me, in coming from Argos. Not by myself at all events, but if by thee, do thou enjoy it. Perchance thou knowest Troy, the fame of which is everywhere. Aye, would that I never had, not even seeing it in a dream. They say that it is now no more, and has fallen by the spear. And so it is, nor have you heard what is not the case. And is Helen come back to the house of Menelaus? She is, I, coming unluckily to one of mine. And where is she? For she has incurred an old debt of evil with me also. She dwells in Sparta, with her former consort. O oh, hateful pest among the Greeks, not to me only. I also have received some fruits of her nuptials. And did the return of the Greeks take place, as is reported? How dost thou question me, embracing all matters at once? For I wish to obtain this before that thou diest. Examine me, since thou hast this longing, and I will speak. Has a certain seer named Calchas returned from Troy? He perished, as the story ran, at Mycenae. Oh, revered goddess, how well it is! And how fares the son of Laertes? He has not yet returned to his home, but he is alive, as the report goes. May he perish, never obtaining a return to his country. Invoke nothing. All his affairs are in a sickly state. But is the son of Thetis, the daughter of Nereus, yet alive? He is not. In vain he held his wedding in Elise. A crafty wedding it was, as those who have suffered say. Who canst thou be? How well dost ken the affairs of Greece? I am from thence. While yet a child I was undone. With reason thou desirest to know the affairs there, O lady. But how fares the general, whom they say is prosperous? Who? For he whom I know is not of the fortune. A certain king Agamemnon was called the son of Atreus. I know not, 
cease from these words, O lady. Nay, by the gods, but speak, that I may be rejoiced, O stranger. The wretched one is dead, and furthermore hath ruined one. Is dead? By what mishap? O wretched me! But why dost mourn this? Was he a relation of thine? I bemoan his former prosperity. Ay, well mayest thou, for he has fallen, slain shamefully by a woman. Oh, all grievous she that slew and he that fell. Cease now at least, nor of question further. Thus much at least. Does the wife of the unhappy man live? She is no more. Son she brought forth, he slew her. Oh, house all troubled. With what intent, then? Taking satisfaction on her for the death of his father. Alas, how well he executed an evil act of justice. But, though just, he hath not good fortune from the gods. But does Agamemnon leave any other child in his house? He has left a single virgin, daughter Electra. What? Is there no report of his sacrificed daughter? None indeed, save that being dead, she beholds not the light. Hapless she, and the father who slew her. She perished, a thankless offering, because of a bad woman. But is the son of the deceased father at Argos? He, wretched man, is nowhere and everywhere. Away, vain dreams! Ye were then of naught. Nor are the gods, who are called wise any less false than winged dreams. There is much inconsistency both among the gods and among mortals, but one thing alone is left, when a man, not being foolish persuaded by the words of seers, has perished, as he hath perished in a man's knowledge. Alas, alas, but what of us and our fathers? Are they, or are they not in being, who can tell? Hear me, for I am come to a certain discourse, meditating what is at once profitable for you and me. But that which is well is chiefly produced thus, when the same matter pleases all. Would ye be willing, if I were to save you, to go to Argos and bear a message for me to my friends there, and carry a letter, which a certain captive wrote, pitying me, nor deeming my hand that of a murderess, but that he died through custom, as the goddess sanctioned such things as just? For I had no one who would go and bear the news back to Argos, and who being preserved would send my letters to some one of my friends. But do thou, for thou art as thou seemest of no ignoble birth, and knowest my sine and the persons I wish, do thou, I say, be saved, receiving no dishonourable reward, your safety for the sake of trifling letters. But let this man, since the city compels it, be a sacrifice to the goddess, apart from thee. Well hast thou spoken the rest, save one thing. O stranger lady, for tis a heavy weight upon me that this man should be slain. For I was steersman of the vessel to these ills, but he is a fellow sailor because of mine own troubles. No wise then is it right that I should do thee a favour to his destruction, and myself escape from ills. But let it be thus. Give him the letter, for he will send it to Argus, so as to be well for thee. But let him that will slay me face is the man who, casting his friends into calamity, himself is saved. But this man is a friend, who I fain should see the light no less than myself. 
O noblest spirit, how art thou sprung from some generous root, then truly a friend to thy friends! Such might he be who is left of my brothers. For in good truth, strangers, I am not brotherless, save that I behold him not. But since thou willest thus, let us send this man bearing the letter. But thou wilt die, and some great desire of this chance is to possess thee? But who will sacrifice me, and dare this dreadful deed? I, for I have this sacrificial duty from the goddess. Unenviable indeed, O damsel and unblessed. But we lie under necessity, which one must beware. Thyself, a female, sacrificing males with the sword? Not so, but I shall lave around thy head with the lustral stream. But who is the slayer, if I may ask this? Within the house are they whose office this is. And what manner of tomb will receive me when I die? The holy flame within, and the dark chasm of the rock. Alas! Would that a sister's hand might lay me out. A vain prayer hast thou uttered, whoever thou art, O stranger, for she dwells far from this barbarian land. Nevertheless, since thou art an Argive, I will not fail to do thee kindness in what is possible. For on thy tomb will I place much adornment, and with the tawny oil will I cause thy body to be soon consumed, and on thy pyre will I pour the flower-sucked riches of the swarthy bee. But I will go and fetch the letter from the shrines of the goddess. But do thou not bear ill-will against me. Guard them, ye servants, but without fetters. Perchance I shall send unexpected tidings to some one of my friends at Argos, whom I chiefly love, and the letter, telling to him that she lives whom he thinks dead, will announce a faithful pleasure. I deplore thee now, destined to the gory streams of the lustral waters. Tis piteous, truly, but fare ye well, stranger ladies. But thee, to Pylades, O youth, we honour for thy happy fortune, that at some time thou wilt return to thy country. Not to be coveted by friends when friends are to die. O mournful journeying, alas, alas, thou art undone. Woe, woe! Which is the victim to be? For still my mind resolves twain doubtful ills, whether with groans I shall bemoan thee, or thee, first. Pylades, hast thou by the gods experienced the same feeling as myself? I know not. Thou askest me unable to say. Who is this damsel, with what a Grecian spirit she asks us? Concerning the toils in Troy, and the return of the Greeks, and Calhas, wise in augury, and about Achilles, and how she pitied wretched Agamemnon, and asked me of his wife and children. This stranger lady is some Greek by race, for otherwise she never would have been sending a letter, and making these inquiries, as sharing a common weal in the well-doing of Argos. Thou hast outstripped me a little, but thou outstrippest me in saying the same things, save in one respect. For all, with whom there is any communication, know the fate of the king. 
but i was considering another subject what laying it down in common you will better understand tis base that i should behold the light while you perish and having sailed with you with you i must needs die also for i shall incur the imputation of both cowardice and baseness in argos and the phocian land with its many dells and i shall seem to the many for the many are evil to have arrived alone in safety to mine home having deserted thee or even to have murdered thee taking advantage of the sickly state of thine house and to have devised thy fate for the sake of reigning in order that forsooth i might wed thy sister as an heiress these things then i dread and hold in shame and it shall not be but i will breathe my last with thee be slain and have my body burned with thee being a friend and dreading reproach speak words of better omen i must needs bear my troubles but when i may endure one single trouble i will not endure twain for what thou callst me bitter and reproachful that is my portion if i cause thee to be slain who has shared my toils for as far as i am concerned it stands not badly with me bearing as i fare at the hands of the gods to end my life but thou art preposterous and have a and hast a home pure not sickening but i have one impious and unhappy and living thou mayst raise children from my sister whom i gave thee to have as a wife and my name might exist nor would my ancestral house ever be blotted out but go live and dwell in my father's house when thou comest to greece and chivalrous argus by thy right hand i commit to thee this charge heap up a tomb and place upon it remembrances of me and let my sister offer tears in her shorn locks upon my shoulders and tell how i died by an argive woman's hand sacrifices and offering by the altar side and do thou never desert my sister seeing my father's connections and home bereaved and fare thee well for i have found thee best among my friends o thou who hast been my fellow huntsman my mate o thou who hast borne the weight of many of my sorrows but phoebus prophet though he be has deceived me for for artfully devising he has driven me as far possible from greece in shame of his former prophecies to whom i yielding up mine all and obeying his words having slain my mother myself perish in turn thou shalt have a tomb and never will i hapless one betray thy sister's bed since i shall hold thee more a friend dead than living but the oracle of the god has never yet wronged thee although thou art indeed on the very verge of death but excessive mischance is very wont is very wont to present changes when the matter so falls be silent the words of phoebus avail me not for the lady is coming hither without the temple depart ye 
and go and make ready the things within for those who superintend the sacrifice these o stranger are the many folded enclosures of the letter but hear thou what i wish further no man is the same in trouble and when he changes from fear into confidence but i fear lest he having got away from this land will deem my letter of no account who is about to bear this letter to argos what wouldst thou concerning what art thou disturbed let him make me oath that he will ferry these writings to argos to those friends to whom i wish to send them wilt thou in turn make the same assertion to him that i will do or will not do what thing say that you will release him from this barbarian land not dying thou sayest justly for how could he bear the message but will the ruler also grant this yea i will persuade him and will myself embark him on the ship's hull swear but do thou commence such oath as is holy thou must say i will give this letter to my friends i will give this letter to my friends and i will send thee safe beyond the cyanian rocks whom of the gods dost thou call to witness of thine oath in these words diana in whose temple i hold office but i call upon the king of heaven hallowed jove but if deserting thine oath thou shouldst wrong me may i not return but thou if thou savest me not may i never living set footprint in argos hear now then a matter which we have passed by there will be opportunity hereafter if matters stand aright grant me this one exception if the vessel suffer any harm and the letter be lost in the storm together with the goods and i save my person only that this mine oath be no longer valid knowest thou what i will do for the many things contained in the folds of the letter bear opportunity for many things i will tell you in words all that you are to convey to my friends for this plan is safe if indeed thou preservest the letter it will itself silently tell the things written but if these letters be lost at sea saving thy body thou wilt preserve my message thou hast spoken well on behalf of the gods and of myself but tell me to whom at argos i must needs bear these epistles and what hearing from thee i must tell bear word to orestes the son of agamemnon reading she that was sacrificed at aulis gives this commission iphigenia alive but no longer alive as far as those in argos are concerned but where is she does she come back again having died she whom you see do not confuse me with speaking continues reading bear me to argos my brother before i die remove me from this barbarian land and the sacrifices of the goddess in which i have the office of slaying strangers pylades what shall i say where shall we be found to be iphigenia still reading or i will be a cause of curses upon thine house orestes turning to pylades that thou twice hearing the name mayest know it o oh, gods why callest thou upon the gods in matters that are mine tis nothing go on i was wandering to another subject 
perchance inquiring of thee i shall arrive at things incredible iphigenia continues reading say that the goddess diana saved me giving in exchange for me a hind which my father sacrificed thinking that it was upon me that he laid the sharp sword and she placed me to dwell in this land this is the burden of my message these are the words written in my letter oh thou who hast secured me in easy oaths and hast sworn things fairest i will not delay much time but i will firmly accomplish the oath i have sworn behold i bear and deliver to thee a letter o orestes from this thy sister i receive it and letting go the opening of the letter i will first seize a delight not in words attempts to embrace her dearest sister mine in amazement yet nevertheless embracing thee with the doubting arm i go to a source of delight hearing things marvellous to me stranger thou dost not rightly pollute a servant of the goddess casting thine arm around her garments that should never be touched o fellow sister born of one sire agamemnon turn not from me possessing a brother whom you never thought to process i possess thee my brother wilt not cease speaking both argos and noplia are frequented by him unhappy one thy brother is not there but did the lacedaemonian daughter of tyndarus beget thee i to the grandson of pelops whence i am sprung what sayest thou hast thou any proof of this for me i have ask something relative to my ancestral home thou must needs then speak and i learn i will first speak from my hearsay from electra this thou knowest the strife that took place between atreus and theestes i have heard of it when it was waged concerning the golden lamb dost thou then remember weaving a representation of this on the deftly wrought web o oh, dearest one thou art turning thy course near to my own thoughts and dost thou remember a picture on the loom the turning away of the sun i wove this image also in the fine threaded web and didst thou receive a bath from thy mother sent to Ailes? i know it for the wedding though good did not take away my recollection but what dost thou remember to have given thine hair to be carried to thy mother ay as a memorial for the tomb in place of my body but the proofs which i have myself beheld these will i tell viz the ancient spear of pelops in my father's house which brandishing in his hands he won hippodamia having slain animus which is hidden in thy virgin chamber oh dearest one no more for thou art dearest i hold thee orestes one darling son oh far away from his fatherland from argos oh thou dear one and i hold thee that what's dead as was supposed but tears yet tearless and groans together mingled with joy bedew thine eyelids and mine in like manner this one this yet a babe i left young in the arms of the nurse i young in our house 
oh thou more fortunate than my words can tell what shall i say this matter has turned out beyond marvel or calculation say this may we for the future be happy with each other i have experienced an unaccountable delight dear companions but i fear lest it flit from my hands and escape toward the sky oh ye cyclopean hearths oh my sine dear country mine i am grateful to thee for my life and grateful for my nurture in that thou hast trained for me this brother light in my home in our race we are fortunate but as to calamities o oh sister our life is by nature unhappy but i wretched remember when my father with foolish spirit laid the sword upon my neck ah me for i seem not being present to behold you there without hymen o oh my brother when i was being led to the fictitious nuptial bed of achilles but near the altar were tears and lamentations alas alas for the lustral waters there i mourn aloud for the deed my father dared i obtained a fatherless a fatherless lot but one calamity follows upon another ay if thou hast lost thy brother o hapless one by the intervention of some demon o miserable for my dreadful daring i have dared horrid i have dared horrid things alas my brother but by a little hast thou escaped an unholy destruction stricken by my hands but what will be the end after this what fortune will befall me what retreat can i find for thee away from this city can i send you out of the reach of slaughter to your country argos before that my sword enter on the contest concerning thy blood this is thy business o hapless soul to discover whether over the land not in a ship but by the gust of your feet thou wilt approach death passing through barbarian hordes and through ways not to be traversed or wilt thou pass through the cyanean creek a long journey in the flight of ships wretched wretched one who then or god or mortal or unexpected event having accomplished a way out of inextricable difficulties will show forth to the soul twain atrides a release from ills among marvels and things passing even fable are these things which i shall tell as having myself beheld and not from hearsay end of part one